Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you to take the microphone and share your best tips, triumphs, and inspirations. Whether you are still in search of a diagnosis or a longtime patient, we want to hear from you because we know how much your voices matter. So pull up a chair and have a seat at the table. Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. This is a mini episode that we like to call At the Table. And what is a mini episode, you may ask? Well, these are just five to 10 minute short episodes, short shows, where we bring up a topic that we think is very important to the community. And then we put it on the table and hope that you will join the conversation by pulling up a seat and continuing the dialogue. So I am very happy to have with me today for this mini episode, Carice Hill, and this person is a chronic disease advocate living with either ankylosing spondylitis or axial <laughs> spot, <laughs> choose one, a blogger and a writer. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad. We're glad to have you. So this is a, like we said, a, a short version. And I invited Carice to be part of this specifically because it's an issue that I have recognized and IFAA has recognized in our community in regards to conversational sensitivities and specifically in the gender roles. Mm -hmm. It's something that as a nonprofit, we base everything we do on communication. That's just our mission. That's what Mm -hmm. we do. And we are hosting this podcast now, this this show. We also have built an online community, AI Arthritis Voices, that we are going to be opening to the patient community and parents very soon. And with that, we want to make sure that we are speaking (laughs) properly and being sensitive to all people in our communities. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, not just because we're an organization and, and we need to do this, it's just from a personal level as well. I think that as people living with these diseases, we have empathy on roles, on identifying with different roles and having to adjust to identities and new normals of disease. So if anybody should be sensitive to this, I feel like our community should. But I personally <laughs> have had some challenges in how to adjust to conversation and sensitivities with gender. And I was hoping mm-hmm. that we could just put this topic on the table and Carice, maybe you could help a little bit to shed light on these struggles that I'm having and that maybe some other people in the community are having too, because we want to respect all people. <laughs> I mean, that's- Yeah, I'm grateful for that. And I'm happy to share more. I am someone who grew up as a girl and sort of realized a couple years ago that I didn't feel like I fit in the sex or gender that I was assigned when I was born. Mm -hmm. And recently I began using they, them, their pronouns. So instead of referring to me as she, her, or hers, it's now, you know, anywhere that you would normally say those, it's now they, them, or theirs. 
And that's called being non-binary for me. And it's also a form of being transgender. So for me and for other people who identify as non-binary and use pronouns that aren't she, her, hers, or he, him, his, it's important for us to be referred to correctly because it's more than just words. It's how we identify as people. So mm-hmm. if, if you, for example, have rheumatoid arthritis and someone says, oh, you have ankylosing spondylitis, don't you? You're going to correct them and you're going to want to know <laughs> that they understand what you actually have, what your real identity is. And it's sort of the same. And so I think that's what our conversation is about today. Mm-hmm. And I will share that like even though I am I have changed my pronouns I'm still tr- adjusting to that. And so there are times when I will slip uh you know on my own identity and I know Tiffany you probably will talk a little bit about how you slip as well. Yes. And, so, <laughs> I absolutely will. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing that up that you know I'm still learning too so that you don't feel just you know quite as I bad. so appreciate that. <laughs> this this topic came up because you and I were talking about and planning other shows that we were going mm-hmm. to do. And I sent Carice a message. And mind you, I know about this. So I know your, your gender identity. I know all of this. And I said, hey, girl, in the, <laughs> in the intro. And then I said, whatever. And she politely messaged back. And they. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the exact same, the exact example that why I'm bringing this up. So I knew, and just like I just said, she, this is becoming very, I'm recognizing it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And is somebody who is active in the communities and we're in an organization where conversations are important and for all people in our community where we are in continual constant communication with each other. This is important because I think we all want to be respectful. I don't think people say I want to be disrespectful. When I replied back and exactly why I just did what I did as a perfect example (laughs) is habit. Yeah. I didn't even realize, and I told Chris this, I didn't realize what I had done, even though I knew Right for like I knew the way that you preferred to be addressed and the way you deserve to and, and and your identity. And it made me realize, wow, this is a habit. And mm-hmm. if I want to be part of productive conversations with all people, it is imperative that I change, make a conscious effort to change that habit. Mm-hmm. And it's become it's hard. <laughs> it's been really difficult to do yeah. that as I just made the same error that we're talking about here. But I appreciate you doing this with me because I think it's human and I think it's necessary to put this on the table. Being honest in that I'm struggling, not because I don't respect you or anyone else. It's because it is a conscious decision that I need to make and that other people in our community will need to make in order to change the conversation and be more aware of it. Mm -hmm. What are some suggestions that you have for us, (laughs) for people like myself, people who 
maybe this isn't it, it front of mind. Right. There's, that's really what it's about. It's definitely not for lack of caring or wanting to do the right thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, I, I, you know, any tips for people like myself who are trying yeah. to make this, this transition to, yeah. to the right conversational sensitivities? Sure. Yeah. Before I go there, I want to give a little intro of, you know, what it feels like for me to be misgendered because I think that can help people realize why it's important. When I'm in public, for example, and someone refers to me as a she or a woman or lady or ma'am, that's not the only instance I've heard that day. So it's this repetitive, like it's a pattern Mm -hmm. that digs deep fast and sort of invalidates who I am. And it hurts really deep. And because, for example, being transgender and just the fact that I'm openly talking about it here puts me in danger. And that's what's connected to my not wanting to correct people, for example, in public when I don't Mm. know if I'm going to be putting myself in a dangerous situation if I don't know the people. Like what if they are transphobic and beat me up? Mm. (laughs) So all of those emotions are wrapped up inside every time someone misgenders me. It's really helpful for people like Tiffany to recognize that and to moving into the tips portion of my Mm -hmm. response to just recognize when it happens and say, oh, I'm sorry. And then just move on and fix your mistake and not make, especially if you're out in public, not Mm -hmm. making a big deal out of it because that's, that will bring more attention and put, you know, potentially more danger onto your friend. But just recognize when you mess up or if someone corrects you, say, oh, sorry. And then just, you know, correct to the right thing and move on as if nothing happened. That's better than spending a lot of time processing it out loud, if you will, with that person, Mm -hmm. because that's going to deepen our shame and, you know, what just happened. I think also just being aware of like anytime you're in a group and you say like, okay, guys, or okay, girls, or oh, hey, ladies. Um, (laughs) That's a very popular thing. I went to a women's college. That was something we said. And recognizing that it's a bigger culture shift than just when you're having one-on-one conversations with people, but not assuming that a group is made up of all one gender. There are substitutes. You can say, hey, everyone, or you know, there are always vocabulary substitutes for anything you could say anywhere. And it takes practice. It is a habit change, but it does in general as a society, you know, across the world, we are slowly moving away from like sort of the binary gender, going back to the past where there were multiple genders in many different cultures. And bringing that into our, you know, the way we talk to and about each other. And Tiffany, you, you and I talked briefly before this episode about online community groups. And I wonder if that's something you'd want to talk about as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons that bringing this up was because we are forming this online community, AI Arthritis Voices, and we already have in, in the application form about gender and so that the people in our 
leadership know how to properly address and use pronouns. But we want to take it to the next level. And I think that everybody out there who's participating or leading online groups, is there any recommendation to ensure that all people that are part of the conversation feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. maybe tips that people joining the group can follow so that they are being conversationally sensitive? Mm -hmm. Well, I think a really easy win here is not saying transphobic jokes. So, you know, not posting something that jokes about someone's gender. I mean, that's like a really easy win. Just don't do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In terms of communicating, like having a conversation, I'll use Facebook as an example. Tagging someone's name when you reply to their comment or post rather than saying he said, she said, Mm. rather than assuming you know that person's gender identity. In Facebook, it's kind of easy to do that. And even outside of Facebook, using someone's name until you know what their pronoun is, is safer, I would say, than assuming. And I would say like if it's a tight-knit Facebook group, having like in your group norms or your guidelines, some note about like where we're honoring everyone's gender identity and any transphobic comments or like anyone not willing to abide by that will not be welcome in this Mm. group or something Mm -hmm. like that. Maybe a pinned post that asks for people to introduce themselves in their pronouns, you know, like normalizing it Mm -hmm. for everyone. Not just saying if you're queer or if you're non-binary, but for everyone. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. No, that's, that's a great one. And this is just the beginning of a conversation. Like we said in the beginning, these are shorter episodes that we want to bring something to light, something that we think is very important. So I do want to thank you for talking to me about this. And we are going to take the tips that you're, you're giving. And if anybody else has tips or want to join the conversation, if you're like me <laughs> and you, you really are trying to do this correctly, and it's okay. Like Curry said, it's okay to mess up. Thank goodness you mentioned that you do <laughs> as well. It really made me actually feel a little bit better. But I think the bottom line is that if you're a person that's not dealing with these issues all the time, it's definitely going to be a little harder to change the habit mm-hmm. because it's not top of mind. But I think that as a community, especially a community that thrives on conversations with each other, because that helps to influence education, awareness, advocacy, research, things that we all care about, that I think it's, it's just something out of respect that mm-hmm. we really need to move forward and try to put in the work to make those changes. So right. that's, that's it. That's just, I just wanted to start the conversation and put it out there and we're going to take all of the tips and I'm sure I'll be returning to talk with you more (laughs) as we build it out because it's important. So just thank you so much for agreeing to this topic. I appreciate you doing this with us and for me in particular, and I appreciate your friendship as well. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad we're friends too. I know. Okay. All right. Well, that was our mini episode of AI Arthritis Voices at the Table. So please feel free to continue this conversation. 
You can email us at podcast at AIarthritisvoices360.org if you have any questions or comments. And you can also join any conversations we have about this on social media. And we are always here to listen to your opinions and your voice matters. So thank you so much. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Every Sunday, join our fellow patient co-hosts as they lead the discussions in the patient community, as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org.